Hi there and welcome back. In this episode of Conversations with Father Greg, we have a homily for Sunday, June 19th, 2022. We'll begin with a reading from the Gospel of Luke. Then Jesus and the disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As Jesus stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter those. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home, and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Word of the Lord. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. I have always been very impressed by the hard work done by those who participate in 12-step programs. In communities all around the country, people quietly gather to examine their lives and their consciences, guided by the 12 steps first penned in 1939 by a man simply referred to as Bill W. Consider some of those steps. Admit our powerlessness and that our lives had become unmanageable. Come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Decide to turn one's life around. Admit our wrongs and make amends wherever possible. The list goes on, 
but focuses on encouraging the participant to acknowledge their own limits and flaws, to seek the help of a higher power, and eventually learn to live a more full life while helping others to do likewise. It takes courage, self-awareness, and a great deal of integrity to recognize and then remove the destructive behaviors in our lives. This is all done in the hope that people might be liberated from the destructive behaviors that haunt them, destroying their lives, their relationships, and causing pain to those that they love. Have you ever considered the parallel between 12-step programs and what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Our Gospel reading this morning also speaks about liberation from captivity, quite possibly in some unexpected ways. Luke recounts Jesus' encounter with a man described as having many demons. Whatever it was that possessed this man, all those around him realized that his life had become unmanageable, yet the man in question was powerless to cure himself. Jesus intervened, liberating the man and driving the demons that possessed him into a nearby herd of pigs. After his encounter with Jesus, we read about the man, fully clothed, sitting and being taught by Jesus. It sounds like a clear case of spiritual, physical, and social restoration. The demons that possessed him were driven out, the man was in his right mind, and was able to rejoin society and live a normal life, maybe for the first time in a long time. When the people who lived nearby learned what Jesus had done, we're told that they were afraid, and that they asked Jesus to leave. It was clear that, despite healing this man, Jesus was unwelcome. You see, Luke is actually telling us two stories that run parallel to each other. The first is a story of a man in the throes of spiritual oppression, so desperate that he lived among the dead and was kept in physical restraints. In the person of Jesus Christ, God had mercy on him and released him of his affliction. The second story is about a different kind of oppression. The townspeople were just as deep in their bondage as the man was. Theirs was a different kind of bondage, though. They had become so accustomed to the man's plight that they were afraid to see him as anything else. They were being held hostage by their expectations, afraid to let the man be anything other than what he had always been, a possessed person acting out and living among the dead. Furthermore, if Jesus had the power to free this man from his bondage, how else might Jesus use that power? If Jesus could liberate this man, what might Jesus expect of them? You see, the townspeople were held captive by their fear and enslaved by the status quo. In many ways, their bondage and oppression was just as real as the man who lived among the tombs. Their oppression was just less obvious until Jesus did something to challenge it. 
Now, demon possession is not really a part of our modern 21st century vocabulary, not even in the mainstream religious establishment. I suspect that very few people will have witnessed anything like the young man in our story experienced. But if we have the courage to open up that second storyline and start talking about some of the more subtle things that hold us hostage, well, that's where many of us live. The truly hideous part of it is that many of us don't even realize how tightly we are bound by our expectations and our desire to conform to the status quo. I want to be careful here. Our history and our traditions can be a lens through which we better understand the world around us. Understanding our history and traditions can add a depth and a richness to our experiences, they can teach us to avoid the mistakes of the past, and they can guide us into a happier, healthier future. Many of us quote the work of Spanish philosopher George Santayana, who wrote, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. But there's a razor's edge between learning from history and being confined by history. It's often far too easy to allow that pendulum to swing too far in the opposite direction. When we allow our past to control our future, those things that were meant as tools for our education become instruments of our own captivity. Today, Luke gives us two parallel stories. The first is of a man who is freed from oppression and learned to seek liberty from the Son of God. In contrast, the second thread woven through this story is of a group of people so blinded by their expectations that they couldn't recognize freedom when it practically struck them in the face. Rather than celebrating an individual's newfound wholeness, they tightened their own chains and drove the liberator away. Luke's narrative invites us to examine those things that bind us. Where are our blind spots? Denying their existence only emphasizes their hold on our lives. What are the things that bind us and keep us from moving forward? Where are we constrained by our expectations, whether of others or of ourselves? How does our history and our traditions serve us, and how do they hold us back from growing? We need to ask these questions both individually but also as a community of faith. In the person of Jesus Christ, we are offered healing and wholeness. Our Christian scriptures make this abundantly clear. But Jesus made it equally clear that following him would come at a cost. In fact, a little later in Luke's Gospel, Jesus tells his listeners that they ought to consider the cost before deciding to follow him. Jesus calls us to liberation, but it's not a call to complacency or to maintain the status quo. Rather, we are called to action not simply seeking freedom from our own bonds, but once freed, going out into the world to help liberate others. Let's pray. 
Almighty and merciful God, in your goodness, keep us, we pray, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready, both in mind and body, may accomplish with free hearts those things which belong to your purpose. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.